Welcome to Say That Podcast, where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the founder of Mission USA. I'm just too cold for doing any talking. That seems fair. Also joining us, Director of Mission USA Productions, Jed Brewer. <laughs> yes, not uh, Jed has not been come down with some sort of Darth Vader respiratory device. That is him just being able to see his breath, even yep. though we're indoors. I see. That was what that sound effect was. Jed is not, as far as we know, extending his repertory of Star Wars characters. Not yet. But, you know, it's always coming down the pike. We are not joined by regular co-host, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger, for a couple of reasons. One, I assume he is just out enjoying the fact that he can be outside with exposed skin and not immediately yes. get frostbite. Also, we're recording this not at a normal time, so he's not joining us. We are uh, had some, some fun scheduling things. We, uh, we had an amazing host team event Woo. with some of our friends who come and help out at the bridge on Sunday night when we normally record. So we're going to give you a best of episode this week. We'll be back with a normal episode next week. But before we get into that, we wanted to introduce it. We wanted to, we also wanted to declare a polar vortex emergency. Emergency. That's why we record this on Tuesday. As many of you know, who've been listening for a while, we have our bridge service on Tuesday, right? We're going to have that bridge service tonight as we have every yep. Tuesday for about Coming up on exactly 15 years. Yep. This Tuesday, though, is, is a little different. Why is this Tuesday different from all other Tuesdays, Matt? Well, that's because I'm looking at my weather app right now, and the feels-like temperature right now, as we record in the dead middle of the afternoon, is negative 5 degrees. Woo! <laughs> and about the time tonight that people are rolling up and leave, about the time we're leaving the bridge tonight, the this is not the wind chill. The normal air temperature will be negative six degrees Fahrenheit. Well, what will the windshield be? Negative twenty degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Here's what I wanted you to look at. I'm looking at a website called The Hill, thehill.com. Oh. And you say, is that where you go to get all your news about hills? Well, sure. I assume. Well, no, it's not that. Is it not is it ratings of hills? It's it, Bunker it, Hill. That, four out of five stars. That's right. Well, yeah, would not climb. Anyway, <laughs> um, this is what I'm saying is it's a Capitol Hill. This oh. is a this is a political website. With uh, I think all, the audience is currently getting very nervous. With the complete dumpster fire that is American politics. Yep. They've paused from their political coverage. Yeah. To and this is a headline that's on the hill. Chicago will be colder than Antarctica, Uh-oh. Mount Everest, and Siberia this week. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday I you can always we can always tell, I know I can, because the three of us are all from the South and um, you know, I've often remarked that when I go back uh to Tennessee and talk to people about the work we do, they're always very supportive and there's a lot of wow, that's really cool and must be a challenge, and it is, but you talk about, well, we go into jail, and you're locked in, and we dangerous neighborhoods. But there's no more awe and sympathy than when I start talking about winter. Yes. Ooh. Because they're not prepared for that. No, dude. So I can always tell when things like uh, what Glenn is talking about here, when the bad weather in Chicago makes national headlines, because I often am awoken by, to a flurry of text messages. Yes. Of people just saying, you okay <laughs> this time yeah as i'm uh doing some work yesterday my phone dings it's my my mother who's a nice lady and i love very much texting me with no sympathy around it but just a phrase i just saw on the news 
that right now in Chicago, it's colder than the base camp of Mount Everest. Yeah. That's right. Yes. The other uh, day, uh, this is, and this is the same polar vortex in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was colder than it was on Mars. <laughs> Lord, Zeckenberg Station in Greenland, warmer than Chicago. Yes, if we were having our bridge service in Greenland, it would probably be less well attended just based on, you know, population density. But for tonight, it would be a more hospitable environment. Yes, uh, but this statement from our esteemed governor, and oh. you, you may, you guys, because we brought the politics in here. Yeah, yeah. You may not know this. This is an actual, true human fact. Four out of the last seven governors in jail. In <laughs> yeah. Four For, out of the last seven. I guess we had one that just retired. So. We should pause and make clear. We're not joking on that. No, that's, that's not, not, a, not joke. a joke. That's real. That's, and that's, for those of you yeah. who uh, don't under, or may not live outside the United States or may not live in Illinois, you got to do a lot of crime. Yeah. To be a rich guy who goes to jail in Illinois. That's a lot. Correct. And a lot of crime they did do. Some of them recorded it. That's right. And we had... That's right. But th- this is the governor's oh, coming out. He's current governor. Giving us a, you know, a word on all this. He says, this, uh, this potentially historic winter storm will bring extreme cold to our state. So there's wow. there's a word of inspiration. It's Churchillian, and it's yeah, in it's, both its eloquence and it's just engagement. It's going to be cold, and, so you know, and um, that's bad. You know, because we hate happiness. Um, yeah, Matt mentioned we're all from the south. I looked it up, and the the peak cold is going to be. Um, uh, late tonight when it's technically ticked over to Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so Wednesday will be the, the coldest day of the week for us. And I looked, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Uh-huh. And so I checked and tomorrow it will be 86 degrees oh, warmer Lord in knows. Miami, Florida than it is here in Chicago. That's hard to do. A, a swing of 86 <laughs> degrees. Well, here, here's one fun fact. Cause uh, tomorrow we'll, as we record this on Wednesday, which when this episode will come out, is going to be the worst of it, and yeah. the, uh, the high is going to be negative thirteen degrees. Yes, and, and that's a record for the lowest high temperature, yeah, ever, ever recorded. Um, so, uh, you know, here <laughs> and in a very responsible way, they're calling off school. People are calling right. out of work, working from home. I had a, I had scheduled a dentist appointment for tomorrow. Oh, and they called me yesterday and said, "We would like you to reschedule that," <laughs> which I'm happy to do because you yeah. don't want to be the reason that the person who's drilling in your mouth. Had to, had come to, to drag themselves yeah, to work. That's a good point. There's like, you know, just on a moral, you don't want to be the reason that people had to risk, you know, their health to get to work. Right. But you super don't want to do that if they're jabbing sharp objects in your mouth. That's a good point because I was mostly meditating on maybe you would be so numb that you could save on the, that's the true. pain shot, maybe because. You know, I'm a pretty cheap guy. So totally. I, you're always looking for the angles. Sure, absolutely. absolutely. Well, the, the upside of it I found. Was I, I actually uh, just because you know it's, it's Chicago? There's you know stuff's pretty close to each other. I actually kind of live walking distance to my dentist office. Oh, okay. So I wasn't gonna you know, get in the car and do feel with all that. So there's a I was gonna walk yeah. to this dentist appointment yeah. in negative 15 degree temperature. Yeah. Which is fine. It's dumb, but I would have done it. But here's what uh, the this responsible decision on their part has saved us from in the future. Mm-hmm. If at some point in the future I were to have children. I would have weaponized that story. Oh, yeah. Against them. That's right. That's right. Any Saturday morning 
We're like, we don't want to go rake the leaves. It's like 40 degrees out there. Right. Let me tell you the dentist story. That's right. I walked to the dentist through snow banks. <laughs> That's right. 40 below wind chill. That's right. Well, you know, if you're not from this completely insane place, you might not have a sense of like just how cold it is, what that feels oh, like. Man. So here's here's a few things, you know, because again, we grew up in the South. So it gets cold and at a certain point you feel a little bit chilly. Yeah. At a certain point you can see your breath. Um, yeah. At a certain point your skin gets kind of tingly. At a certain point your skin actually just goes numb. Right. When it hits a certain point, and this is well within that, and this is the one for me, this is how I know it's <laughs> it is truly God forsakenly cold. <laughs> The hair inside your nose stiffens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's when you know when like you might think you can't feel the hair inside your nose. And normally yeah, no. you'd be right. right. There's a level of cold where the hair inside your nostrils freezes solid. Yeah. And this is that level of cold. Yes. Well, you were saying just before we hit record that you're working with a very talented young lady. Yeah. A big fan of uh, all that we do yeah. in Nicaragua. That's right, Miss Renee. Uh, give us a sense of what uh, what the, the weather report was that she mentioned after you mentioned it being cold here. Yes. Uh, the current temperature in Managua, which is the capital city of Nicaragua, is 100 degrees hotter. Wow. 100 degrees hotter <laughs> than, than where we are. That's yeah. hard to take, man. Yes. That is, it's hard to believe that's on the same planet. Yeah, that's... Um, pray for us. Yeah. Pray for us, sinners. Yeah, that's, that's rough. But the good news is we've got a solution for tonight's bridge service. <laughs> that's right. Flame cutting! That, that solution is literally shooting flames. Flame! Uh, that's Cut right. It. You may have heard us mention this before. We have that's my favorite. Yeah, that jingle's totally happening now. failed eighties band. They had that <laughs> right. one hit, Flame Cannon. The Pyro and, Show was amazing, but I they mean, forgot oh, yeah. to write songs. Yeah, they would just. It worked for Kiss. So we thought it worked for it was us. Just one line, Flame Cannon, and then they would just you know solo and then wait know. for it. Pretend this is a cowbell. Flame Cannon. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then it was just sparklers for a three hours set yeah. while he did that over and over. Yeah. Yes, we have a forced air heater, which yeah. if you work in the construction industry, you may be familiar with, because that's where they use those. Yeah. An outdoor construction site is literally a metal cylinder you feed propane into, and it sets a fire and then forces air over it. But wait, we don't have to worry about it because this church hasn't burned down twice. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> to it quote has... a visiting pastor... As he walked in and saw this, we set it by the front door of this church because, you know, the front door is popping open and, and shut, and that's it gets a bit a bit nippy when yeah. it's negative 20 outside <laughs> and the door is constantly opening as people come in. Um, so we set it up, kind of take the edge off there. Uh, one time, a pastor walks in, looks at the, looks at the heater, looks at me, looks back at the heater. Pastor, the pastor of the church, pastor, now y'all have that? So, oh, yeah, he's, Signed off on it. It's, it's fine. And just not to me, just into the into the universe. She walks down the stairs. And, a lot of wood in this church. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yes. To quote friend of the show and uh, natural gas professional Charles Job. Like, what does he know? That'll barely asphyxiate you at all. <laughs> going to die, going to die, going to die, going to die. Here, now, look, people uh, know, uh, you know, that have... Uh, studied this show and people who listen to it uh, my understanding is they 
they analyze it. Sure, most we, we're our audience is mostly academics. Yes, that's right. Uh, that uh, whenever we're faced with a situation where we might die from the cold, right, or anything or else, or the carbon monoxide <laughs> from shooting flames in the middle sure. of church, sure, or any of the other things that might kill us on a normal Tuesday. That's yeah, like bullets, yeah, you know, that, or that bees, of, or bees. bees. We've, we've had indoor bees. <laughs> Nobody knows why bees would want to go indoors. There's nothing for well, them. Well, it's there. twenty below outside. They gotta go somewhere. <laughs> well, that's that's the upside of the twenty below. No bees. Yeah. Okay. But so we we've, we've dealt with a lot of things. Right. And when we're when we find ourselves in a life threatening situation right. where we might die cold or burn to death. Right. Who knows? Sure. Hard Both to are equally possible tonight. Yeah. What I like to say to the staff is, hey fellas. Let's think positive. That's right. Okay. I love to yep. think positive. That's when we're doomed. We have to think positive. That's the key right. to life. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yes. Much in the same way that, and again, this is a real phenomenon that those of you who live in an area that's meant to be habited by people may not be aware of. There is a, a, a condition where your skin gets so cold, it starts to feel hot. Yep. Yeah. Um, this happens a lot with like mountaineering and that kind of stuff, but it can happen, you know, just in the city. And that's that's when you're really that's bad. Yeah, like that's that's beyond frostbite. That is that yeah. is bad. Much in the same way, as long as Glenn is griping and snarking, and then you know, no matter how dangerous it is, you feel a sense of normalcy. Yeah. But then he gets a serene look on his face. He says, <laughs> "Well, I think the main thing we all need to do is just keep thinking positive." <laughs> that's right. And that's when. The real trouble is about to hit. Yes. Oh. <clears throat> when, I, when I say that, generally, there's a black hooded figure with a sickle. You know, just, <laughs> he's standing very nearby. He's taking a smoke break before he gets to work. But, yeah. you know, that's what it is. Yeah, that's when you know you're in trouble. I have an idea. Of, given that Glenn has reached that point of positivity, what might be ahead of us tonight, and I'm really excited about this, in a Game of Thrones kind of sense, mm. frost bees. Ooh. Ooh, that could happen. Think about that. Yeah. Frost bees. Well, and this is... I, by the way, I hope that is the series finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Right. And everyone's super disappointed. Uh, a, right. The director comes out like, we spent a lot of money on that ice dragon last season, so right. we had to, we had to scale it down to bees. Yeah. <laughs> the, the CGI little dots. And Blue people bees. are just trying to swat them away, pretending they're bees. Here's what I'm talking about. This cannot be worse than... Because we pride ourselves with the bridge. It, it doesn't matter. We never cancel for nothing, yep. Yep. ever. Christmas, it, New Year's, Halloween, Fourth of that. July. That was bad. That was super bad. But you know, we don't. Whatever it is, we sure. keep. We're so there. It's Tuesday. We're here. Well, we this weather can't be worse than one we had a few years ago, where we had it was like a couple of degrees from the worst and like an inch from the uh, in temperature and yeah. a, and an inch from the most snow we'd ever yes. had on the same night. Yeah, and that w- the wind chill was way beyond what it will be tonight. I mean, that was that was some hard snow. So if we can endure that, because that night also featured, and we're not joking when we say this, thunder snow! Th- actual thunder snow. They opened for Flame Cannon on tour. <laughs> Dude, if you are driving late at night, and it's snowing, and it's cold, and you're going along, and all of a sudden everything lights up and you hear a loud booming sound, you're pretty sure 
This is it. This is the end of days. We are just getting raptured on up, <laughs> uh, or not, depending. To put it in context, we're not making this up. So I was driving an old minivan that we used to have, and the wind and snow was so strong, it blew snow into the intake of my van so hard that it broke the plastic pieces inside <laughs> that route air as a part of the ventilation system. Yeah. I had to have that van repaired because it just snapped to the plastic. Wow. But we didn't cancel. No. So, no. You know. No. Yeah. And you think to yourself, if you've never experienced the thunder snow. Well, I know snow exists. Yeah. I know thunderstorms exist. Yeah. So how how disconcerting can it really be to lay these two known phenomena on top of each other? Yeah. Bad. Yeah. yeah real disconcerting. Yeah, you because here's the thing. You say, well, you know, I can picture that. And I, I don't imagine that would be all that bad. There's a. There's a a season where there, you have rain and you have thunderstorms, and then there's a season where you have snow, and yes. then that's it. That if there's any precipitation, it's coming down as snow, and that's all that there is, and there's nothing else. When you're, you know, a nice serene night, the snow is gently falling down, mm-hmm. and you're, you're, and all of a sudden there's thunder. That scares the green squack out of you. I <laughs> you start looking you. around for four dudes on horses. You ain't wrong, dude. <laughs> And so, um, we hope you're enjoying the weather wherever you are. If you're in uh, the upper Midwest, as we're getting polar vortex, I think uh, Glenn would just tell you to keep positive. Right. And we'll see you next week right here on Say That. We'll take you to some previous segments that we enjoyed. And right now, we'll declare emergency off. Woo! If you got an extra uh, hook where you can hang a hammock in Nicaragua, I'm coming down. Yeah! Nicely. It came into an honest our Tumblr box and it says, how do I hear from God? I feel like I just ask him so many questions and then when I'm quiet and trying to hear from him, I get nothing back. Am I doing it wrong? How can I tell the difference between his voice and my own? Why don't you start us off? For sure. Think of it this way. Um, you exist on three different levels, right? Body, mind, and spirit, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you, your existence sort of takes place on three different planes, so to speak, right? Again, the physical, the mental, and then the spiritual. Well, what we're talking about is receiving wisdom from God that's coming from the spiritual side of things, but it's being communicated to us through the mental world here. So that is to say, you're not hearing a physical voice out loud, what have you, so the the voice, so to speak, is coming in to your the your mind, to your thought world kind of stuff. Um, if if uh, if we did sort of a, uh, uh, you know, like what's the what do they call those tag clouds? You know, sure. if we if we did one looked at your mind in that way, there would be lots of stuff. It would be jumbled and all over the place, and it would be. You know, uh, it's sort of a, a, a gumbo of all different kinds of stuff in there. Uh, the Lord's voice would be present in that. Uh, but the question is, is that being sort of choked out by all these sure. other things? So can we tune those other things out? But I say that to say that you are already hearing the Lord's voice. You are mm-hmm. already receiving those thoughts. You may not be able to, so to speak, tag them as coming from the Lord. But I think 
when people talk about having struggles with listening to the Lord, I, I get this feeling that they're trying to listen real hard. Yeah, clench up real, real hard. <laughs> and th- that's the thing is, it's it, it's a mentality, I think, of normally I don't hear anything from the Lord, and so I need a special moment to um, get a, 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 the transmission. It needs to, to feel real holy. Yeah. Uh, God, you, you are my, my all white robe on and really get down to it. exactly right that's the wrong way to look at this because here's the thing uh, jesus says i'm the vine you're the branches it's mm. all one plant mm. we're connected to god and again that's a spiritual connection and this wisdom and this this insight and the this this conversation is coming through the world of our brain of our thought lives of, of our, our uh, uh you know where we have all of our uh, our mind does its thing. So it's important to recognize that both the enemy and God are present in our thought life so that we can uh, uh, recognize that those voices are already there. And if I say, well, do you have a hard time telling when the devil is trying to mess with you in your thought process on something? Most people say, "Yeah, no, I could, I could spot that. You yeah. know, I, that temptation is mm-hmm. pretty clear. It's pretty obvious. You know, that thought is coming through loud and clear, and it may be, even be hard for me to deny, but it's there. So mm-hmm. I think we can acknowledge the same thing going the other way with, with you know, the Lord being present in that process continually. I think it's a fantastic uh, place to start this off, Jed. Maybe I can get you to pick up the conversation of, with more of that. So the person says, you know, what are some practical ways to do that? I think the most important practical tip here." Uh, it's a little counterintuitive to Glenn's point is if you're going to get to that quiet place, you kind of got to unload from your end. Yeah. If you want to differentiate the Lord's thoughts from your own, one of the quickest ways to do that is to get your thoughts out. Absolutely. So, but that, like I said, that's a little counterintuitive. It kind of goes against our kind of um, spiritualization of that listening to the Lord process. Can you walk us through that just very uh, practical reality of it? Absolutely. So, as Glenn says, in the stew of your thoughts, there are a certain number of thoughts that are coming. There's just your brain, just, you know, synapses firing and just your thoughts and ruminations on things. There's a certain number of thoughts that are, um, you know, kind of accusations and lies from the enemy. Uh, and there's a certain number of thoughts that are the leading of God's Holy Spirit. And the question is, how do we how do we discern which is which? That's the thing that really we're trying to do here. Well, as Glenn suggested, most people actually have a pretty good idea which ones are from the enemy. They, they have a, a, a tone to them. They start with, you suck. <laughs> now, a, yeah. now, a treatise on all the reasons you suck. Right, right. In summary... You suck. That's right. Um, and also, you should feel bad. You should really feel bad about the fact that you suck. And be afraid. Be afraid. By the way, here's something that might make you feel better for a while about right. how bad you suck right. and how afraid you are. And then you fell for it. You know what? You should feel bad about that. Because you suck. <laughs> you that's right. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty... It's not that hard to work out here, you know? So we... <laughs> we, we, mercy. So we, we've got we've got all that. So how do we get it down to trying to focus more on that still small voice of the Holy Spirit and those thoughts? Well, a lot of it is um, simply expressing in some way, getting out of your brain as many of the thoughts and feelings that you have as you can. So like a classic thing people are trying to pray about is, should I take the job in Cleveland or should I go back to graduate school? And I, you know, I really want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Well, Step one on hearing the Lord's leading on that is to 
communicate, whether it's to another human being or you know, talking to God in prayer or writing in a journal, here's what I think about the job in Cleveland versus going back to graduate school. Here's the things that I'm hopeful about. Here's the things I'm afraid about. Here's the things I feel uncertain about. Here's my best case of all my dreams came true, what I think would happen. Here's what I'm afraid God's answer might be and, and the way it right. might go, kind of my worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get all of that out. I'm going mm-hmm. to lay those burdens and those thoughts down. And again, that could be talking to a friend or a mentor. That could be writing it out in a journal. That could mm-hmm. be just sitting mm-hmm. down and telling God those things in prayer. But clearing your mind of, yeah. of all of those weights. venting it. Venting them and processing those thoughts mm-hmm. so that you can have some mental rest. Mm-hmm. Once you're in a place of kind of mental rest, of having kind of cleared your mind by expressing your mind, it's far easier to, you know, in a still quiet space, in a still quiet moment, to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you say about all this? Mm-hmm. What What's your view on this? And then simply see what comes to mind. Right. Um, it's, it's actually not a mystical process. Right. It seems like it is, but it's kind of not. And here's the beautiful thing. This is my experience, and I bet you'll have the same experience. If you get in the habit of kind of clearing the decks and express all this out, go, Lord, Lord, what do you say? You see what comes to mind. If you did that every day for a week, here's what I bet would happen. You would begin to get a consistent sense of leading in that moment of seeing what comes to mind. But you begin to get a sense of wisdom behind it. Yeah. It's not just go back to graduate school. It's here's why. Mm-hmm. Here's all the things that going back to graduate school would do. Mm-hmm. Here's the things, mm-hmm. the doors it would open up, the possibilities it would make sense. So you get in that moment not just a sense of direction, but also a sense of wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know what to do, but you also know why to do it, which is actually just as important. Well, yeah, because that you, you may need to make a series of decisions, and you want them all to be consistent with the more bigger picture. Exactly wisdom. right. Exactly yeah. right. And so just one real quick thing. Don't be afraid to repeat that process as many times no. as you need to. God is never going God's not going to be mad at you for That's asking right. him 10 times. That's right. Um God, you know, the Bible says God gives wisdom to all who ask him without finding fault. Um it goes for you as well. God wants to give you the wisdom and the direction that you need, but I think it begins with clearing those decks and getting your thoughts and your feelings expressed and out in the open. That's a really fantastic way to take this conversation. We'd love to get you to pick up on that for just a second here. So I think Jed gave us something very important there, which is you don't start with, Lord, give me all this wisdom about everything I'm going to do so then I can make my plan based on that. Classic example of this is I just been praying for the Lord to show me the person I'm going to marry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Did you did you think about praying the specific of like whether you should open an eHarmony account or whether exactly. you should go to that singles group? <laughs> right. No, I figured I'd start with the giant overall answer. Right. I'm praying for the Lord to show me my calling. Did you pray about volunteering with the youth group? No, I'm going to start with calling and then I'm going to work backwards from there. Right. So one of the things that you make people want, I guess, is specific yes or no questions, especially as you're learning to start listening to the Lord, actually is a very helpful thing. And you can pick up on that practicality for us, Lee. Absolutely. Uh, and I love, by the way, I, I love the way that, that Glenn started this out, thinking about our mind as that that uh, that internet picture of the tag cloud where, you know, this, you know, the, the words in the big bold letters are the things that I think about the most and the, the stuff that I don't think about very much. And that is just such a great mental picture of, of what that soup is like. And then for Jed to break it down and say, well, get Get everything out there and then go to the Lord. And then I would say the refine the the refinement or taking that to the next step that I would add is one of the things that you really want to ask of the Lord is what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What you want are actionable things. Because yeah. 
Here's the thing is, uh, is the thing that most people are concerned about is what's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. How will I feel? What's going to, uh, what's, you know, w- uh, what should I be afraid of? What are the potential pitfalls? But the life that the Lord wants us to live is not a life of timidity or fear. He wants us to live a boldness where we trust him and follow him. That's what he wants. Trust me and follow me. And so that you don't, like people that really trust the Lord and are following him, the first thing in my mind is not always, but what, but what about this? But if I do that, what about this? So, and those kinds of emotional questions will cloud out what the Lord is actually asking me to do, which if my approach is, okay, I've already gotten all my emotions out there. This is all the funky things I think about this. This is all the stuff I want. Just as Jed said, it's exactly the way that it's supposed to, you know, these are all the things that I can imagine, all the possibilities, all the stuff I can, I can think of. Now, my question to you, Lord, is what do you want me to do today in this process. Mm-hmm. Now, I think a question like that, you are going to get an answer. You are going to get a strong sense, especially if your position is, I am determined that I'm not, I'm not going to ask this question bracing myself for something that I'm going to be afraid of. Because what we usually want to know is, I want to know something about my future. I want to know what's going to happen to me. When the question that that a man or woman of God is supposed to be asking is, what do you want me to do next? What step are mm-hmm. we taking next? Mm-hmm. Those are two humongously different things. Yeah. One is a person that's bracing for the worst, and the other person is a person who says, I'm taking my next step. Mm-hmm. And those are, those are a, a, you know, there's a huge chasm in between those other two things. One last little piece I would mention is, Jed talked about a Bible verse that in the book of James where where uh, James says that anybody that lacks wisdom can ask of God and he will give you an answer and he won't, he, he won't, uh, you know, without upbraiding, he won't chide you. He won't, you know, he, he, he won't punish you or anything like that. And he says, but that verse continues on and says, but let that man not doubt because the man who doubts is, is a, a man that's tossed in, you know, in the sea without like a ship, without a, without an anchor. And, you know, that guy can't assume that he's going to get anything from God. And that word doubt, it's actually a Greek word that means to judge. And what that means is I can't go to the Lord and say, what is it that you want me to do next? And when you tell me, I'll decide whether or not I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's when the Lord says, I'm not, that guy's not going to hear. He's not, he's not going to get the answer. But if your determination is, Lord, I want you to tell me what to do next. And I'm not sitting in a place of judgment. I'm letting you call the shot. And I will take the step that you tell me. You are going to know where to go. On to our next question here. comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, Sometimes I hear people saying things like, God was leading us to this, or God was calling me to that, or the Spirit was telling me to do this, or I heard God's voice saying, which seems kind of weird to me, but the Bible... But in the Bible, people are talking with God all the time and being led by the Spirit to do weird things. So what exactly does that look like for us today, and what do people mean when they say these things? Lee, why don't you start us off? First of all, uh, love to... I, I love the phrase or the summation of the Bible that the Spirit of God is always talking to people and leading them to do weird things. That yep. is fairly appropriate. Yep. Um, I would say I would say this, uh, and here's the deal. Throughout the rest of your believing life, you're going to meet 
different folks who say widely different stuff on on this particular issue. And you will meet people who say that they all the time have audible conversations with the Spirit of God and that he speaks into their mind. I will tell you a couple of things on that. Um, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I've never had that experience of having uh, the audible voice conversation. And and I'll also say, I'm not saying that that is outside of the realm of possibility. The Lord can do whatever he wants to. Here's the thing that I'll say on that. Uh, a lot of times when you find people who talk about their regular, totally normal, audible conversations with the Spirit of God, there's usually a couple things that go uh, along with that type of person. Number one, they're usually super intimidating, and they usually kind of uh, get people under their power. Um, and what you need in that kind of a situation, and, I, and I'm going to get, I know this is not exactly what the question was asking. I'm going to land there in just a second. But what you, what you need in that moment is you need discernment. Because when you have somebody in your life who has, you know, who is, uh, quote unquote, having constant conversations with the Lord audibly and stuff, and the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me this, and it's super specific, and this is exactly what it, it's going to be or whatever, that person can make you feel like, well, I guess we're on board with that then. I, I guess that's exactly what we've got to do because it sounds ex- like it has the exact same weight and force as scripture, even though you didn't read it. Um, So you need to use a lot of discernment when you're talking to folks like this. One of the things you need to figure out is, is this person a consistent person? Is there, does their life, um, does their life demand respect? Does their life, are are they a person that serves? Are they a person that serves me? Are this a person that I trust in my life? The thing that I would say is uh, my experience in this most of the time has been when I experience a person that talks that way, um, that question of discernment sorts itself out, sorts itself out pretty quickly in the negative. Um, that that this is not necessarily a person that I want to entrust, uh, you know, myself with or my decisions with. The, what I what I would say to you is that you, we do know from Scripture that you have the Spirit of God living inside you, and that He is. He is guiding you into all truth. Jesus said he is a, a counselor. He is a comforter. And he is communicating with your spirit, with your heart. And so what, and I can tell you that for myself, this is, and and, and I've heard these other guys on the podcast say this before, and I couldn't agree more, that this is a process that you grow in learning how to figure out, how to listen to the Lord, how to respond to him. And one of the things I know for myself is that in order to to really grow in this and to get better at it. There's a couple of things that that I think hold a lot of people back from being able to understand where the Spirit is leading them and what the Spirit is saying to them. And that is that a lot of times our lives are too cluttered and noisy to really discern what the, where the Spirit is leading us. And two, a lot of times when we take a specific thing to the Lord, we've basically already made our mind up what it's going to be. We're not maybe in a necessarily in a position to to change our minds or to or to be willing to listen and stuff like that. And so I, what I would say is, as you start to get into this, and we, and these other guys are going to probably give a lot of really really great specifics on this stuff. But as you grow in the specifics of learning how to listen to the Lord in your heart and your mind and your walk with Him, 
one of the things that we want to figure out is how can I get quiet enough to hear the gentle whisper of the Spirit and uh, the the still small voice in my heart and my mind and my in my spirit, and can I go into those conversations ready to actually change my mind if the if the Lord is calling me to ready to ready to actually do the thing that He's leading me to do. That's a really fantastic way to start, and it's something that does need to be said. You can't talk about discernment enough when we're talking about this idea of uh, kind of hearing from the Lord and people speaking to the Lord. And Jed, maybe if you can take us to uh, the other side of that, let's go ahead and assume that we are listening to credible people who are communicating with the Lord, not talking about an audible voice, they're not trying to get money out of you, whatever that would be. Mm. What is someone, when they're using that christian shorthand of, I've, we felt the, the God calling us to Zimbabwe or whatever right. it is, for someone who has isn't used to that terminology, let's just break down the nuts and bolts of it. What do they actually mean? Sure, that's a great question. Well, so generally, what most people mean when they say those things is, I have a lot of emotions about this. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of feelings about this. I have a lot of feelings about going to Zimbabwe. I I feel like it would be good and godly for me to go to Zimbabwe. I believe that somewhere within the stew of my feelings and thoughts and excitement there is a spark of leading from God's Holy Spirit instructing me to do that. Um, I may not be sure where my feelings end and that spark of the Holy Spirit begins, but I, I know I for sure have a lot of feelings about it and a lot of thoughts about it, and I believe somewhat on faith that somewhere in there there is that, that spark and that sense of, of leading from God's Spirit, and that's where I'm at. The vast majority of people, when they say God is leading me to do X, that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. That's that's the process that that they are describing when they when they say, you know, I, I think God is asking me to do X, Y, Z, or ABC. That's that's what they mean. And does that answer that specific question? Absolutely on your part? does. For you, you ask the question, what does it what does it mean for me? Right. That's that's kind of what that is for for other people. What it means for you is that God has a plan for your unique specific life. Right. Mm-hmm. Put it this way. There are two schools of thought within Christianity. One school of thought is that the Bible contains principles for living. Right. And that as long as you live by those principles, you are perfectly within God's will for your life. Right. Right. So uh, those principles would be, you know, being generous to others and honoring your parents and not murdering anyone, you know, and, and if you live according to those principles and you are within God's will. What actually the vast majority of Christians would say is that God created you uniquely with a plan and a purpose unique and specific to you and your life. That's the vast majority of Christians. Mm -hmm. Everyone on this podcast believes that. Um, Mm -hmm. What's at issue is how do you live out that plan and that purpose? How do you get in the motion of doing those things? Understand when I answered Matt's question about the people say we feel led to go to Zimbabwe, I'm not bad mouthing them by saying what that actually means is we have a lot of emotions about that. Mm-hmm. You should have a lot of emotions about major right. life decisions, and you should right. have a lot of emotions, hopefully to the positive, about you know things you could do to, to serve people that are hurting and, and to, to serve Jesus in, in doing that. And the Bible, I believe, is very clear that God does have a specific plan and a specific purpose for your life. Again, the issue is, how do you get a sense of that leading? How do you get to a place of, of hearing or taking in in some way that leading of God's Spirit? Here's why I brought up the feelings thing. 
What most of us have found, and I think it's, it's fair actually to say all four of us have found this to be true, is that the most important thing about getting a sense of leading from the Lord is to get feelings out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lee is absolutely right that most people who talk about hearing an audible voice of God are hucksters. Um, and um, they generally are in church environments that's all feelings. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the mm-hmm. only thing that we're doing is it's, it's all, we're just amplifying every feeling we can as loud as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. The, the people that I know who truly seek God's will and God's guidance, not as an audible voice, but just God's leading and God's you know, guidance, are people who go out of their way to minimize to, to get emotions out of the way, to mm. not let those be a part of the decision-making process. That doesn't mean they pretend they don't have emotions, but it does mean that they're not letting those call shots. They're, they're mm. treating God's guidance as something separate and distinct from the emotions that they have about a decision and about a direction that they might take. So bring it all together. What it all means for you is God does have a plan for your life. God does have a specific, unique plan for you, and he wants to guide you in that. So as Lee said, it's a process where little by little we learn, and listen may not be the right word, but we we learn to sense the still small voice of God's Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us little bit by little bit. That's absolutely right. That's an excellent answer to the question I posed. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to kind of close out with this. I think a lot of the misconceptions we get about uh, people listening to the Lord and not coming from the huckster angle, which I think Lee covered perfectly and Jed reinforced there. But with that thing he's talking about, it's talking about the soup of things in your head. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of joked about this with, you know, the, I knew the Lord was calling me to marry her. The minute I saw her in the Sunday school group, mm-hmm. I now tell you 15 years later and reverse engineer the story. Right. But when you tend to hear people talk about, I listened to the Lord and this people who are if they're on something legit and they're comfortable saying that out loud, it tends to be people who have been walking with the Lord for a while, who may be in more extreme environments. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. mention in sermons, you know, hey, I prayed, you'll mention in sermons at the bridge, I prayed about this topic, and I think the word, the word I got from the Lord that you guys need is this, and mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. cool with that, you're cool with that, because we built that language in. But I think maybe people only hear this in very dramatic senses. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. only hear about listening to the Lord when it's someone raising money to do missions or moving for a job, which is mm-hmm. fine. But to this person's question of what does that mean in my life as a young person, if I'm not mm-hmm. there yet, or if I'm just a person who, you know, works nine to five, goes to the local church and I'm trying to figure out what God uh, wants me to do. Yeah. What does that soup of stuff mean without the big dramatic uh, See, boom. I think you're you're really putting your finger right on the struggle that most people have, and it, it, I think it really boils down to this: really, anything that we, what we're talking about here is a spiritual communication between us and God. Not a, again, not an audible physical voice, but Glenn, <laughs> yeah, give that, me all of your money, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Jacob Marley. <laughs> that's yeah, uh, but. Uh, um, Did I say me? I meant Jed. Give Jed your money. <laughs> you t- tune into this podcast for the Dickens show. So <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, but here's the thing: is if you're if you're you know, trying to explain or or try and really even just discuss anything spiritual, it's hard to describe it because anything you describe, you're kind of using a physical example. Mm-hmm. If you see what I'm saying. So when we say we're listening to the Lord, we're actually not using our physical Eardrums. ears mm-hmm. in any way. So what we're doing is we're doing something called abstraction. We're using... We're, we're, we're Do describe- we declare war on that? Yeah. 
we did. We we definitely declared war. On oh the no, we've really really <laughs> you know? pickled ourselves here. Yeah, this is the thing. Is there there are a lot of people in the world? Bless them and 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 God love them. They're very literal people. Yeah, and they like everything to be literal. And it's hard for them. I think sometimes they struggle with Christianity because there's a lot of vague and abstract stuff that's being tossed around, and there's yes. sort of no way to get past that because. It's uh, it's it's not again. It's not something I can describe in physical terms. Yeah. I can give you an analogy. Yeah. That's uh, that's physical. You know. And it makes sense as you live it. It's not right. something that you mm. first comprehend intellectually and then go right. and, and you know the, you have to do the thing and yeah. live it out and then it makes sense in retrospect. Exactly right. If you if you made this about emotion instead of spiritual stuff, it would work the same way. If I describe to you what it's like to be in love. That you know, you 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 your your heart starts to beat really fast, and you break out in a sweat, and you're kind of nervous, but you're kind of happy, and you're kind of well. This sounds like some form of disease. Right. You know, you, <laughs> you 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 can't really understand it till you've lived it. it, and you know. So uh, I can I can try and give you a sense of it, but you have to experience it. But I want to go back to what uh, exactly what Lee was talking about which is this principle that we are all experiencing this, that this isn't a special giftedness yep, no. that only mm-hmm. some people have because they right. have a special uh, uh, super Christian relationship with God that other people don't yeah. have. Here's If I can make this as simple and as concrete as I can possibly make it, is that um, if, you, if I use the term the voice of your conscience, mm-hmm. I think you probably know what I mean. Yep. Uh, if I use the term uh, a critical inner voice, mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of a, a psychological term, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a self-critical voice within you. Uh, if you watch the old cartoons, it's the little angel on and one the shoulder, devil. the little devil on the other shoulder. Uh, it, that is so familiar that, and it's we've so all iconic. That. We've all experienced it. Uh, you know, if if it's to the level where cartoonists can depict it, we immediately recognize ourselves yep. in that bizarre abstract uh, thing with the angel and the devil. Okay, so we know how that works. What we're trying to emphasize here is God is the person who's speaking through your voice of conscience, and that the enemy gives us that critical inner voice, that condemning yep. voice that's always in there. So. First of all, it's about recognizing that's always there. Second of all, it's pinpointing you know, which part is God, which part is the enemy, based on the content of what we're being told. One is yes. uplifting and encouraging, the mm-hmm. other one's condemning. It's, well, once you start sifting it, it gets pretty, pretty simple. But then, here's the thing. This is not about surrendering doubt. Not at all. In fact, once we have a basis of communication... The first thing I want to do is start to cover, hey, God, you said do this, but that seems like a bummer. Yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite sins, and it's delicious. I like it a lot. It's really, really great. And it's kind of a bummer you want to take that away. Is that, like, is that a flexible thing? Can we, or is this a time-sensitive thing? Do I have to get rid of that right now? I'm negotiating. I'm lo- yeah, I'm I'm looking for uh, loopholes here and all of this, but here's why that's good and here's why this is healthy is because at some point, as these brothers are describing, brother Trevor is going to come along and say he got a special revelation from God, yeah. and I got to go with it. And then if I'm not going with it, I'm doubting God. Yeah, exactly. Here's what here's what I need to tell Trevor in that moment: A, 
I'm doubting you, Trevor, yeah. and your ability to, to you know, receive you. Uh, in- input. Second of all, I'm already in the process of not necessarily doubting God, but of challenging what mm-hmm. I'm getting from him and working through that. Mm-hmm. So if God gives me something and I say, oh, wow, that's a bummer. Are we sure? Is there not? A, is a, am I hearing yeah. this right? Yeah. Etc. If I'm doing that with God, and Trevor wants to pass something by me without any review, yeah, he's gonna have no hope. And if I tell Trevor, oh, okay, I'm gonna take everything you just said. I'm gonna go get by myself. I'm gonna, uh, you know, cover this with the Lord, and we'll see what the Lord has to say about it. If the Lord says the exact same thing that you're telling me, in the exact same way, well, I'm just gonna thank you, and we're gonna have a good time. If the Lord tells me something different, I think you better go running, Trevor. I think you, you just better not be there for me to find you sure. for later, because that's Glenn, like— this is hypothetical and not a thing you said after you've heard someone's sermon, exactly right? Exactly not something I would say in church to someone sure. after they preach a sermon. But, uh, you know, the, the, but it's, it's recognizing, uh, yeah, we do put that to the test, and we do challenge those things. And absolutely right. I think, you're, as you're saying, God is not offended by you questioning it, doubting it, wrestling with it. So not if he's all. not, to Lee's point, nobody else should be. That's right. But also, as we learn to do this, because this is a learned skill, we've talked mm-hmm. about this on the on the podcast before, not not listening to the Lord so much as a learned skill, but all the stuff you have to get out of the way is yeah, a learned tuning skill. tuning into you, it, yeah, yeah. You recognize it more as you get it. So there's, it's not an idea of God's not—if you are called to uh, be a missionary in Zimbabwe— as we talked about something with uh, the first question, it, that's not a one-time offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, you work through this, you get better at it, and that's okay. It's not a these are not lightning strikes. You have to catch them right there. This is that's right. stuff that's you right. wrestle with. It's always there. So again, it's a little mystical. It's a little, and that's all just kind of baked into it. It is something you can you can get a hold of, and it, your life will be a lot better for doing it. Two super super quick things. First is the thing that everybody asks God is what should I do? That's yep. fine. The thing nobody asks is why. Mm. That's right. That's the thing you want to ask. Um, To whatever extent you're able to receive a sense of leading from the Lord, focus on why. Yes, you want to know, tell me what to do, but tell me why. Yeah. If we're going to Zimbabwe, why? That's right. What's in Zimbabwe? Why me? Right. What's what's the deal? If you read the Bible, God doesn't mind those conversations. Um, If you want to know, am I hearing from God? Ask the why question. It will very quickly explain where this information yeah, is coming if from. If you show up in Zimbabwe and you don't know why you're there, this would be a problem. You, you have no chance of fulfilling this mission. Yes, Foc- exactly focus right. on why. Focus yeah. on why. You can never go wrong. Here's one other thing. Christians love a book. So I'm going to give you a book. Mm. This is a good one. This is a writer named Dallas Willard. Uh, he passed away a couple yeah. years ago, but he's, he's a great writer. This is a book. It's published by InterVarsity Press, um, and the title is Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. Uh, they've got it on Amazon. It's about 10 bucks. It's a good book, very solid, very biblical introduction to this topic. Um, cuts through a lot of the, you know, the Christianese, and it really gets to the heart of the matter. So if you, if you love a book, you can book this. Okay. I'm thinking of a story Glenn recently told me about taking a former uh, Puerto Rican Northside Chicago gang member to a ministry conference where Glenn was telling people exactly how to do what they wanted to do, and they were actively not listening to him. And this gentleman's response in the car ride home, I believe, was exactly, white people don't believe anything unless it's in a book. That's exactly what he said, and nothing has proven to be more true in my life. They say that God speaks to our hearts through a still, quiet voice, but I don't always listen, and I want to know how I can hear it more. And Lee, why don't you start us off? What a cool question. Um, Love that you wrote this in. 
This is the kind of stuff that we um, are happy to talk to folks about and love to to talk about. It's oddly one of those things that for a lot of folks in Christian culture, they don't ask about it or bring it up because it's assumed that you should just be able to do this. Um, that everybody that has a relationship with the Lord um, is just going to be experts at this. And, and what happens in the midst of that is um, when we don't really know what's going on here, or we don't really have this experience, or we don't really know how to have um, you know a time with the Lord where we're where we're getting some leading from Him and and kind of figuring out what this what this looks like, what this feels like is it's very, very easy to have a lot of emotions about this. So I think a really basic place to start and one basic step is to, before you try to start listening to the voice of the Lord, is to identify whatever emotions you have about this whole prospect, because you're bound to have some. So for instance, if you, before you even get started, if you have a feeling like, I should probably be better at this, um, and therefore I am bad or therefore I suck, you know, in some way, because I don't know what I'm doing with this whole listening to the Lord thing. Well, that, that feeling and that sense of shame that I should be better at this by now in my walk with the Lord, that's not going to help. That's only going to get in the way. And so what we want to do is when you when you find a, an emotion that you have about hearing the voice of the Lord, we want to take that straight to the Lord and talk to him about that piece and get some freedom from the shame on that um, and, and give yourself a lot of grace. It's very easy for people to feel like, well, the reason that I don't experience hearing the voice of the Lord is because I have all these sins and stuff. I have these specific sins and we all know what they are. And so because of that, then I'm not experiencing the voice of the Lord. Well, there again, we take that emotion straight to the Lord, talk to him about that piece. And and this is where we can get, get encouragement from him about how he already knows everything that we're ever going to do, uh, everything that we've ever done. He has forgiven all of it in... Um, and Jesus paying for all of that stuff, it's very easy to to have um, have the kind of emotion that would say, like, I'm sure that everybody else that I know is way better at this than I am. And so there's another thing for me to feel bad about. And so you get the idea. You're going to have a lot of feelings about this whole prospect before the thing even gets started. And so what we need to do is we need to to try to figure out everything that we're feeling on this, take that straight to the Lord, talk to him about it, and give yourself a lot of grace. Give yourself a lot of just freedom knowing that the Lord is not disappointed in you in this. There is no should that you should be in a certain place by now. We don't have to do the comparison piece. You're not in trouble um, because of, you know, certain sins or whatever. And God is just giving you the silent treatment like, you know, uh, grandma so-and-so or whatever. That's not the way he operates. But we're bound to feel some of those things if we're on the new on some of these types of deals. And then um, and once we can kind of get some of those emotions out and work through some of that shame and some of that weirdness and some of that competitiveness or comparison, then we can start to kind of calm down about this whole deal and take some time to get some reps in taking specific questions to the Lord and listening for his answer, listening for his leading, uh, paying attention to the way that that he's kind of steering us left or right, or yes or no, or whatever that situation is. We can start to get the reps 
But first, we've got to deal with some of these emotions, some of the shame, guilt, comparison, that kind of stuff that's only going to get in the way. So let's start by identifying what the emotions are and taking those straight to the Lord and try to get some clarity on that. And then we're going to be able to get some good reps in. That's really outstanding stuff. I really like that idea of you have to, of taking it to the Lord. I think that's great. That's, you have to have a place for this conversation to start. And Jed, I'd love to, to get you to basically pick us up there because I think one of the misconceptions that Lee's pointing to that people who have not done a lot of listening to the Lord have is that the way you get there is to become an empty vessel. Free yourself of all thought and all desire. And if this is starting to sound like a different religion, yep. that's you're picking up on that. But there's this idea of in order to listen to the Lord, I must I must just become it like quietness means void, essentially. Mm-hmm. I must have try to purge all thought and opinion of myself that I have. And then, and only then, can God enter that space. And that's uh, wrong to the point of being almost diametrically opposed to the way it actually works. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hear a lot, when I talk with Christians, and, and you know, it's just me and one other person, and, and they're going through a rough time, they're trying to sort things out. One of the things I hear a lot is some variation on the phrase, you know, I just want, I want God's will. I just want to submit my will to Him. I want to submit my desires to Him, and I just, and I'm struggling. Well, here's the funny thing is, on one level, that's great. I mean, that's really awesome. You know, that's, that's a big part of what it means to follow Jesus, is to say, not my will, but yours be done. And I mean, Jesus literally modeled that for us. But now, here's the funny thing. Let's actually look at the story of Jesus in the garden first. He says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken away from me. Right. Yet, not what I will, but your will be done. There's something very important that happened there, and we need to make note. Jesus had a desire. He had a thing that he wanted to see happen that he was clear on. Then he said, Lord, I want your will, not my will to be done. Mm. I think the problem for so many of us is we go to God without figuring out what it is we want first, and we try and say, not what I want, just what you want. The difficulty with that is it's really, really hard to hear God tell you what he wants when you don't know what you want. Really, really, really hard. I think that for a lot of us, we feel like we don't really need to worry about what we want because it's probably not very good or very Christian. Mm. Um, so just you can just skip that step and we'll just get right on to the thing that God wants. But it doesn't work that way. And again, let's re- actually return to the, the story of Jesus there. Jesus had a clear desire that he wanted, and it was not the thing that God wanted for him. We know Jesus didn't sin, therefore, there can be nothing sinful about being clear on the outcome you want to see happen, even when it's different from the outcome that God the Father wants to see happen. We need to be crystal clear on that, because I think it's easy for us to get a thing of me wanting, me just having an earthly desire for something different than what God wants for me. That must be wrong, so we shouldn't even do that. Well, that clearly is not true. That That story illustrates that point. If we can have a sense of our own thoughts and our own desires, it's going to make it dramatically easier to hear God tell us, actually, this is the thing I want to see happen. This is the thing I'm calling you to do. This is the thing that I, that I want to bring into your life. But here's the other thing that happens about it is when we're aware of the contrast between what we want just as people, which again, that's not, it's not sinful for you to have desires. You, you are supposed to have desires. When we're aware of the contrast between what we want and what God wants, we're able to have more of a conversation. Um, you know, part of what Jesus needed in that moment was strength. 
God, given, given that God was going to ask him to do something other than the thing he wanted, he needed God to strengthen him for, for that journey, for, for what laid ahead. And, and so it is for, for you and I. God, a lot, actually is going to say, I want to do something a bit different than the thing you have in mind. Given that you will need my strength in order to go after that thing, you, you will need me to sustain you. If we're not aware of the contrast, we're not really going to be aware of our need for strength either. Um, mm-hmm. If we're not aware of the contrast, we're not going to be aware of our need for wisdom on, Lord, why is this different? Why are you giving, why is this better? Why is the thing you have in mind, I mean, I know it is because it's what you want, but why is it better? Help, help me understand. We kind of, by skipping trying to be in touch with our own thoughts and desires, we wind up cheating ourselves out of the strength God wants for us and the wisdom God wants for us and the deeper relationship that God wants for us. But here's the one more thing. I think, this is my own personal experience, but I, I encourage you to put it to the test. I bet you'll find it to be true for you as well. If you'll tell God about the things that you want, I think you'll find in the long term, God will honor far more of those desires than you would mm. expect. Far more of them. Not necessarily in the ways that you had in mind, but God, in my experience, and I think you'll find it to be true, God cares about your desires, and will, if you're following him, he will find ways to honor those desires. And that should mean something to you because that's, that's God communicating love to you. But you miss out on all of that love and that intimacy if you're not clear on what you cared about to begin with. Let me, let me say that again because it's, it's really, really important. If you suppose, or use a purely earthly uh, example, suppose you're, you're, you're getting married and your you're, you're bride-to-be always wanted um, you know, a, 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 a special kind of diamond ring, and neither of you make very much money, and um, it's just before we get married, there's absolutely no way we could possibly do that. There's just, it, it is just, you know, so it's just going to be a simple, you know, little, you know, sterling silver band, and we're going to get married like that, and then... 20 years later, the dude finds a way with a thing, and it's, a, it's secondhand through an antique store and whatnot, and it's not exactly the thing, but it's, it's the kind of, of diamond thing that she always wanted. There's, there's a gesture there of, I remember what mattered to you, and, I, and, and here is a gesture of my love for you. At that point, it's not about the thing at all. It's just, a, I remember all this time the thing that you cared about, and I just want you to know that, that I always remember that. If the bride had never articulated to her husband that she cared about this, he can't do that. We can't right. have this romantic, amazing, beautiful gesture where there's tears and, and everybody is, is, is deeply moving and wonderful. God wants to have that kind of intimacy with you. But we cheat that. We, we don't allow that intimacy to happen when we cheat that process of being clear about what our desires are, even though we want to submit those desires to him. I think it's a really, really sharp point. I think part of what uh, Jed's pointing to there. You may listen to that, and part of you hear, well, <clears throat> actually, God could knows what we want, so and could give that to us. I was asking. That's not really the the point there, because part of this is understanding what you uh, you understanding, yeah, right. what you want. This is this again. This is not about putting limits on what God can or can't do, because God is communicating with you. This all pretty much all this is going to come in on our end. So that's where those tweaks and changes in attitude are going to come and to that to that point, Glenn, um, when we talk about this in our staff meetings or just kind of conversation you and I have about it, um, you, you bring up this idea of a tuning fork. Mm. And that's an idea of there's a lot of noises coming in and we need to more mm. than trying to turn up the volume on one, we need to be able to, it starts with differentiating what is what. Can you walk through that a little bit? 
For sure. Uh, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And what he means by that is not just that they hear him, but they they recognize the sound of his voice, the mm-hmm. tone that uh, that that you know one person's voice sounds different from another person, and uh, the sheep won't follow somebody else because the sound of their voice is different. So part of what he's saying is there are things that I would say to you that are you ought to be able to recognize this coming from me because it's in keeping with my character. The voice that's saying you need to do more because you're a jerk and you're not doing enough and you need to straighten up, fly right, tithe, eat plenty of roughage. Maybe tithe again. <laughs> you know, that voice is not God's voice because that's not God's character. Yeah. All mm-hmm. that condemnation is the enemy. The enemy is the accuser. That's what that's what Satan's name means, the accuser. If you have a voice in your head that's accusing you, you can you can nail that down where that's coming from. Uh so I you know one of the first questions I ask people when they ask me about listening to the Lord, I say, "Well, can you hear the enemy? Do you do you hear those thoughts of temptation and self-condemnation all of that?" Oh well, yeah, loud and clear. I can I can pick it out. You know, it's is very strong. Okay, well then, in what universe is the Lord speaking to you in a way that's not as obvious? You know, why why would that not voice not be coming through? I think the reality is that voice is coming through. Yeah, uh, it's just here's the thing: uh, it, it, we need to be we need to be generous with people on this. We need to give people a big fat break on this because here's here's the problem that we're struggling with. When it comes to your relationship with God, what what you want is certainty. Mm. And the thing about relationships is there's no certainty in them. Yeah, that's just not how relationships work. It's not math here. You know, what I mean, uh, you this person that you're marrying, you have no way of proving that they love you. There's <laughs> no such thing as a scientific uh, uh, certainty that 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 you are. That this person loves you and isn't uh, uh, going to mess up your life or whatever it is, you have tons of evidence that makes it an extremely likely thing that this person both loves you and has has your good uh, and, and a good intent towards you and all of that. But you take a leap of faith in relationships. That's how relationships work. Similarly, when we're talking about listening to the Lord. We're not talking about living in a world of certainty. And as as these other brothers are pointing out, I'm I'm hearing the Lord uh, through the world of my mind. Mm. So I, I, I'm body, mind, and spirit. So it's a three-layer cake, right? So I'm not hearing God. This is a very sophisticated analogy mm-hmm. I'm giving you here. I'm not hearing an audible voice. I'm hearing a, a voice in the soup of my thoughts. Yes. The more, as these other brothers are pointing out, the more soupy, uh, more chunky, if you got a chunky soup, everybody stay with me. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm going from cake to soup. Just stick with me. Absolutely. Say that podcast brought to you by Campbell. (laughs) That's right. But the, 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 the more the, the soup of your mind is all got a lot of stuff in it. It's, you can't see through it very well. You're not you're not getting a lot of clear communication. The Lord's trying to 
get through to us, but we've got a lot of our own thoughts, our own hang-ups and fears and worries and prejudices and uh, a, a lot of things that uh, are part of our daily life to just kind of clog all that out. I need to clear those things out in order to hear things uh, on a, a more and more clear basis. But again, there is an uncertainty to that. There is a measure of, I'm, I'm, I feel strongly like the Lord is telling me this, but I do need to go to Scripture and, and make sure that lines up. I do need to talk to wise counsel and make sure that 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 word is being applied to my life in a good way and that that lines up with what I'm hearing in prayer. So we want those checks and balances. And finally, I would say, uh, if you're talking about listening to the Lord, it's much more important to keep that simple. You, you think, well, prayer ought to start with what's the most important thing. But the, the most important thing is probably going to be the thing you have the most emotions about. Therefore, it's going to be harder to clear the decks in order to hear something clear on that. Uh, it's actually better if you're talking about listening uh, to start small. It's, it's good to, to say, Lord, this is big, giant thing I'm, I'm overwhelmed by. I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to ask you to give me a piece about it. Let me let me start on this other end and work my way towards that. Here's a small thing that's kind of just nagging me, and I just need to get it out of the way. And I don't have a lot of opinions about it. It's just bugging me. Should I deal with that today or should I deal with it tomorrow? Simple yes or no. Simple binary kind of situation. So much easier to hear an answer on that because it's a, a much less complicated situation. Uh, the more I get the reps in on that, as, as Lee was talking about, by choosing a, a more simple means of communication, the, the more I learn to tune into that voice, the more I learn to get acclimated to the sound of that voice, the more I get into Scripture, the more I understand about God's character, and I can right. hear His voice in the soup of my thoughts more clear. I can pick it out yeah. uh, so much easier. And I think that's a big key to listen. Against such things... There is no law against such things. There is no law. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Yeah. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Yeah. Against such things, there is no law. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. One step at a time. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step such with things. the Spirit. There is no law. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. There is no law. Against such things, there is no law. Love and the joy and the peace and the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Yeah, the whole law is fulfilled. Right here. Love your neighbor as 